Hello, I'm Paco Alvarez, and this is The Backstory from Type Investigations, where we sit down with one of our reporters and ask them to take us behind the scenes of their work. Type Investigations reporting fellow Sarah Posner has spent the past several years reporting on the increasing influence of the evangelical Christian right on mainstream politics. In her newest piece, Overturning Roe is the Crowning Achievement of Christian Nationalism, produced in partnership with The Nation, Sarah looks at Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito's leaked draft opinion for Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization and analyzes how the decision will serve the Christian right in their attacks against not just reproductive rights, but other rights as well. In this conversation, we discuss how she started reporting on the Christian right, the tactics used by evangelical right-wing groups in their mission to reverse Roe v. Wade, and how she thinks advocates can begin to challenge the attack on reproductive rights. So my first question is, uh, what first drew you to reporting on the evangelical Christian right? Well, it was something I had studied in college, and then um, I went to law school and practiced law for a while before becoming a journalist, and that coincided with the early years of the Bush administration. So this political phenomenon that I had started studying about a decade and a half before um, was really coming to the forefront during Bush's presidency. And so that's what kind of propelled me both into journalism and into this beat in particular. As you've noted in your reporting, uh, the Christian rights mission to reverse abortion rights has been decades long endeavor. What are some of the tactics that Christian right groups have used over the years that you've reported on that have led to the reversal of Roe? Well, they've gone after abortion on a number of fronts. One front is um, advocating for the nomination and confirmation of judges and Supreme Court justices, more specifically, who are very clearly opposed to Roe and willing to overturn it. Another front for them has been litigating cases uh, like the case that the Supreme Court is poised to decide to overturn Roe, litigating these cases so that there will be a test case to overturn Roe. But they're also involved in drafting and promoting and lobbying for the legislation that becomes the court challenge to Roe. So the Christian right is very involved in mobilizing citizen activists to lobby their state legislatures to pass these to pass these laws. They're very involved in recruiting and supporting the candidacies of uh, legislators who write and pass these laws. Um, And then they're also very involved in mobilizing the ground troops in this battle, right? So mobilizing the people who will go and protest outside the Supreme Court, who will go and harass people outside of abortion clinics, who will run crisis pregnancy centers. So it's really a full-blown approach to changing the law, creating the political environment where they can make it seem like their position is the majority position, even though it is not, Um, and ultimately putting into practice their larger goal of, in their words, having a Christian nation that is governed by biblical principles. Um, And uh, I guess as you just noted, uh, this is obviously a very well-funded and well-mobilized political movement that's not scared to take on its critics. Have you faced any difficulties or backlash during your time reporting? 
I mean, nothing serious, obviously, like every reporter gets emails or pushback or harassment on social media about their reporting, people trying to question whether you were reporting correctly on something or whether, you know, you exaggerated something or so on. But uh, I'm fortunate not to have had anything more serious than that. But I have had people, I would say some of the backlash that I got over the course of my career was from people who might consider themselves moderates or centrists uh, who said that I was, you know, exaggerating or paranoid or hysterical. (laughs) And I think uh, I think the events of the recent weeks have proved them wrong. (laughs) So in in your newest piece for Type, uh, you talk about how Alito's uh, leaked draft opinion for Dobbs uh, doesn't just reverse abortion rights, um, but also sets the groundwork for attacks on other rights as well, including um, LGBTQ rights. Uh, How do you think that will happen? Well, I think if this opinion turns out to be the majority opinion in Dobbs, what you have here is a court that has thrown stare decisis out the window. So basically what Alito is saying in this opinion is that Roe was an outlier uh, in American law, meaning that for centuries, for decades, centuries, and even reaching back into medieval England and uh, Anglo common law, abortion was illegal until the Supreme Court legalized it in 1973. So given that abortion is not in the Constitution, and given that that supposed history laid out by Alito, therefore, there's no reason, in fact, there's reason not to, for the court to recognize abortion rights. So if that is the majority's reasoning, the same thing would apply to cases like Lawrence versus Texas, which struck down anti-sodomy laws as unconstitutional, and Obergefell versus Hodges, which struck down bans on same-sex marriage um, in 2015. Um, And obviously Obergefell built on Lawrence, which was decided in 2003. Even though uh, he claims elsewhere in the opinion that this decision in Dobbs wouldn't impact these other rights by the logic of his um, of his opinion, both Lawrence and um, Obergefell would be on the chopping block. And given that I know from my own reporting that Christian right legal and political advocates uh, also favor overturning Lawrence and Obergefell, and in fact are treating Obergefell like they treated Roe, in other words, you know, dedicating themselves to a decades-long uh, campaign against it, um, I think it's only, it, would, it would only be a matter of time before this court overrules Obergefell and Lawrence, because based on Alito's statements in, in that opinion in Dobbs, and based on what we know the ambitions of the Christian right are. And in your article, you mentioned that disgust is an important tool that the Christian right has used uh, in its attempts to attack both Roe and LGBTQ rights. Uh, Can you expand on that? What are some of the ways that the right has wielded disgust to chip away at reproductive rights? So obviously, um, during the days in the 80s and 90s, when they sort of routinely used um, photos of bloody fetuses at protests outside abortion clinics, obviously, that was very directly directed at getting people to feel disgust at abortion. They, for a long time, they, they abandoned that particular tactic and uh, focused more on 
personhood or civil rights for the fetus. They thought that that was perhaps maybe a better uh, tactic to take to change people's minds about abortion. But even as they did that, they continued to portray abortion as a barbarous kind of procedure that took away a human life, took away a life that of a person who had civil rights just like a person. And uh, as I noted in the piece, um, the anti-choice activist Lila Rose uh, once proposed at um, a conservative religious conference that abortions be done in the public square so people could see how terrible they were. Um, So this was all very much geared towards making people feel sick, feel disgusted by a medical procedure, um, a medical procedure that is constitutionally protected right. Um, and I think a lot of their a lot of their strategy on LGBTQ rights has been similar, particularly in the last eight to 10 years when they've focused more on uh, trans rights and um, eviscerating trans rights. That started with attempts to ban trans people from gender appropriate bathrooms. Uh, based on arguments that, you know, it was dangerous to let trans women go into women's bathrooms. Um, And uh, so that too was, that tapped into a longer standing anti-LGBTQ strategy where uh, gay men in particular were uh, depicted as deviants uh, who would, you know, assault women or children in, in bathrooms. Uh, Based on your years of reporting in this area, uh, what do you think politicians and activists should learn or adopt strategy-wise if they want to effectively defend reproductive rights? I think one of the main successes of the Christian right over the years has been convincing the media that because their political positions are based on their deeply held religious beliefs, that they really shouldn't be questioned. And I think one of the things that would probably benefit advocates of uh, reproductive and trans rights um, and LGBTQ rights generally would be to say more explicitly, A, that religion does not dictate our public policy, for one thing. For another thing, somebody's particular religion uh, is not, the imposition of somebody's particular religious views is explicitly not protected in the constitution. And that it's okay when you bring your religious views into the public square, into a political debate, for other people to question those. It's not anti-religious or anti-Christian for people to question religious beliefs that are brought so directly to bear on public policy. And I think there's been perhaps too much timidity about that, about being straightforward about that. And I think the other thing would be to recognize that what might've been fringe five, 10, 20 years ago has very much become the mainstream of the Republican party. Um, and to take very seriously that the move from fringe to mainstream is very, very real and to not ignore that and to not dismiss seem, things that seem fringe as fringe because they are so increasingly just right at the center of the Republican Party. And my final question, do you have any advice for newer reporters interested in reporting on the Christian right? I guess my main uh, advice would be to read books that have been written on the topic because there's a lot of um, 
both reporting and scholarship on it um, that's already been done. And another uh, piece of advice would be to try to immerse yourself in some corner of it, um, whether it's uh, a denomination or a political group or a particular facet, you know, like reproductive rights or something like that. Um, And really dig in by going to conferences and going and talking to the people who are there and listening to their podcasts and watching their TV shows and following them on social media. So you can really, because it is kind of like a different world um, if you grew up in the secular world, if you didn't grow up in the evangelical world. And so really um, understanding how how it works and people within it think uh, is is really important to your reporting other than, you know, beyond just going to one or two things or writing one um, brief story about it. You can read Sarah's article, Overturning Roe is the Crowning Achievement of Christian Nationalism at The Nation or on the Type Investigations website. Check our show notes for links to more Sarah's work. A transcript of this backstory is available at typeinvestigations.org backstory.